I can't wait to finally introduce the world to my new chief of staff. Uh, I've been working on this role for almost a year. Yeah, close to a year. And uh, who you're about to meet is someone I've been talking to for almost that long. <laughs> and we looked uh, far and wide. We had to define what the role meant because it's a role that Sada didn't have. Um, but I'm really, really excited to have everybody meet my new chief of staff. Please welcome to Cloud and Clear, Michelle Ambrose. Hi, thanks for having me, Tony. <laughs> no, thanks for uh, thanks for being my guest, and thanks for coming to Sada. We're really excited to have you. Um, it's something that's completely new for the executive team and for me. So we're all getting the opportunity to sort of blank canvas. The role, obviously, we have some great ideas about um, what the role will encompass, and we want to talk about that uh, a little down the line. But I, I'd still love to, uh, first and foremost, just sort of have um, you introduce yourself. Let's talk about your background. Obviously, you have a funny accent. Um, so that means something usually as far as your uh, history. We'll dive into that. But um, please, like, just tell us about, about you. Let's meet Michelle. Yeah, sure. Hi. Well, my funny accent is Australian. So, uh, um, and it's also Australian because it's it's coloured. I've been outside of Australia for thirteen years. So I spent seven years in London. Uh, I've been here in the US for six years. So you think it's funny, and I sound Australian when I go home. My mum says, "God, you sound American." <laughs> so I I live in between the two. But uh, originally from Australia, I grew up there. Um, I'm the oldest of three kids, so I. My parents grew up, moved around uh, in small businesses in Australia. So actually, um, the small business part and the you know, growing enterprises has been from very early days. I've been around business. My dad used to sit me down when I was five and like five, six, seven. And like we'd go through the bookings. Here they ran motels and like go through the bookings and go through the plan. So there's a lot of where I've ended up in my life that I'm like, oh, this is really familiar. It comes from from very early days. Um but then professionally, I spent the first decade or so of my career in communications, marketing, change management roles, did my MBA, uh, moved to London with the goal of sort of um, both traveling and working and experiencing a bit more of the world outside of Australia. And fortunately, I landed about 10 years ago at Google. Uh, and it was, you know, um, what do they say? It's like, you know, the opportunity strikes, but it's also like you've got to be willing to take risks. That would have never happened if I hadn't yeah. left my hometown and been willing to be there, but it was right time, right place. Yeah. And so for the past 10 years at Google, first five years, I was in our people operations uh, team there at Google, um, had a communications role, did some planning and operations work for the Google L&D team. And then for the past five years, I got onto the rocket ship that it was the Google Cloud go-to-market organization when they were, um, I joined Apps for Work, like so, so earlier iterations. Now the workspace team essentially yep. as their chief of staff about five years ago, and so spent five years in cloud go to market. I was the chief of staff for that sales organization. Uh, spent some time in sales operations, doing some sales planning and resource management. Uh, went back to the chief of staff role as the org grew, and we were focused more on GCP platform. And then for the past year or so before I've jumped on board at SADA, I was leading the uh, global onboarding culture and DEI efforts for Google Cloud. So I've done a number of different roles in that space as the organization has scaled. And yeah, super excited to be on the other side of the fence, helping to do the same work, really, just from in a different in a different role with a different bunch of folks, but really enjoying it. 
Yeah, no, you know, I think one of the things that um, we found so relevant, obviously, in our in our search when we when we found you, and by the way, I've sort of pointed um, to uh, you by somebody that we both know very well and respect, uh, you know, greatly at, at Google. We won't name her here, but <laughs> is, is that sort of experience? Um, that that experience that you have had within the broader Google, but also the early days of the Google Enterprise organization is so relevant in this role that we're going to define together because, you know, there's so many things that, of course, Google is starting to do in a way that's sort of industry standard, but there's so many things about Google that are completely unique and rooted in a, a deep tradition uh, that, um, you know, the, the vision we had for this role sort of w- it was necessary to have that foundational understanding, you know, of how those, how those things work uh, because we have that long tradition with Google as well. So a lot of these things are just simply natural and innate and, and, and still complex. But I was thinking like, who in the world could I bring <laughs> that would not require two years <laughs> to ramp on just the inner workings of like inner what, you know, with Google. And, and that's why just getting somebody exactly like you was so, was so exciting. And, and, and why I think we, we both took a, a really long time to make sure that it was right. And, and, and we did it the right way, but, um, yeah. and also just being at Google for work with the former sort of sales leadership, seeing that period where it was a significant growth of the business really from something that was quite small. And, you know, Sada's going through our own growth now alongside the broader ecosystem with all public clouds and with Google, which is growing, of course, faster than the other clouds. You know, I wanted to have someone who's who's seen that sort of um, exponential journey, which is full of known, you know, potential traps, but also a bunch of unknown yeah. risks and um, and someone who's comfortable with inventing. You know, we have to do a lot of inventing. There's, there's not yeah. playbooks for everything that we all need to do. No, and it's funny as well, because as I mentioned earlier, my career did a lot of change management. So I started off my career in communications. I found myself drawn to like the things that were new and changing. And actually, like when you think about that evolution, that cloud go to market organization has gone through and like where SADA is at in its growth, like a lot of it comes down to building things, solving problems and managing through change. Like like when you really think about when you're scaling, whatever type of problem it is, those core motions are at play, whether it's your finance operations or like your go to market organization or whatever other part you're trying to mature or grow through. And at the core of every single one of those things are human beings who need to do something differently and feel something yeah. differently. <laughs> so I, I actually, at one point, I, I've yeah. had this like through my career, this pivot of like, I want to do more strategy and operations piece. And I had a real concern sort of middle of my career that, oh, my background in this won't be helpful when I start to do more of this work. Like, I want to get closer to the strategy yeah. and scaling businesses. And actually, and I found that at the crux of the cloud go-to-market evolution, I sort of jumped in as chief of staff that we did the reorganization of that group. And I was a little like, oh, I'm in sales operations. and I don't know if my skill set is useful here. And I'm still just learning the sales side of this business. But actually what I found was I was one of few people in the room who was like, hey, we have to think about the change management that we're asking people to go through. And that's a really big part of that curve that I think is 
important and easy to be forgotten in all of the kind of numbers and targets and sales, which are also super important. And that's what we need to totally. focus on. But that's that's a part that I um, I really enjoy. And I'm excited about doing more of that here at Sada. Yeah, no, look, understanding the whole like lead, you know, leads to cash <laughs> workflow is a really important. And you're right. We do tend to forget what it takes you know, get the operations part right as you're growing, because like that's the, you know, maybe the least exciting part for a bunch of people. Right. But like you can't actually grow. You can't book deals. You can't recognize revenue. You can't pay people properly like and, and measure quota and things like that. If, if the sales operations part all the way downstream like doesn't work into finance. So yeah. Um, I feel like we made great strides, you know, just learning, learning like from the pain of running SADA too long on 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 uh, small business types of platforms yeah. <laughs> of like all the things we now have had to do in the last couple of years to, to prepare us for that. But again, having somebody on the team um, that's mostly outward facing, but can still, you know, understand, you know, internal impact of everything going on. Uh, out there that's customer facing and Google yeah. facing is, I think, you know, really, really critical. Uh, the other thing, Michelle, is like, especially in these executive roles, um, we were very careful in terms of how we select talent, vet talent, jointly kind of make the decision of fit and then ultimately like bring people over because there's such important decisions that have a, a, a long, you know, multi-year impact to people's lives. And <laughs> I always want people to find themselves when they are at SADA, I want them to find themselves to be in the best possible position they could be in. Like this is the right role for this person right now. There's no role that's better. Um, so, and, and you weren't really looking, <laughs> I don't think I you wasn't. were looking <laughs> for anything particular and you didn't, you didn't really know that. I mean, you probably you knew of SADA, but uh, we didn't know each other really. And so it was a little bit of a, you know, exp exploration or, or a lot of, a lot of exploration, I think, mm -hmm. to, to come to the conclusion and, and obviously have you come over eventually. But what, what were the types of things that, you know, what, where do you see the excitement in being on this side, like at a partner where the customer impact and the market impact and just ecosystem impact is different than being at Google? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I wasn't looking, and that's right. Kelly DeCordy, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, all joking aside. Um, uh, I think the difference, the attraction. Yeah, Kelly, I targeted Michelle Kelly. specifically. <laughs> she was not looking. I was like a sniper. Very specific target. Um, <laughs> but all joking aside, I, I think when you came to me with the proposition of the chance, I think to like a big thing for me. And again, this, I think, with some of the uniqueness of the fit that we found was here's an opportunity. I'd always said I was you know just close to 10 years at Google. And I'd always had in my mind like what what a privileged I was very aware of how privileged and I was to have that opportunity. And over the years, like the growth and the things I got to see and be exposed to, I was like, I had this, like, we need to share this. <laughs> like I was always like, this is, I, I want to share this at some point had always been sort of a mantra. I think as I'd started to hit that getting to 10 years, I had been starting to percolate on either what was next for me within Google 
or is this starting to be a time that which I'm ready to go and and think about what that next phase looks like for me? And I think you, you approached me to really like I was really starting to just have that that you know questioning for myself. Um, and I think the opportunity to I'd always been fascinated about the channel and this mechanism of actually like how do we how do we grow a business and scale through the channel in itself with the notion of being somewhere where you can kind of wear lots of hats and be doing lots of pieces and I think have a the the size of your impact relative to the size of the organization I think that was a, a thing where I feel like when as we spoke there's a lot I can bring to SADA from my experience but there's also a lot I'm going to get going to get to do with you that is like really interesting, exciting for, for me to get stuck into. So I think it was a mix of being able to keep and continue to use a lot of the things that I have, like um, and relationships and knowledge that I've grown over the past five years in particular, and but then also get to like, you know, put on a new pair of shoes, new different hat and think a little bit differently about it and really work with you all really tightly across the EMT was super exciting. One thing you commented on, which I thought was funny is like, New email address, new hat, but the exact same equipment and tools. <laughs> Chromebook, Pixel, Workspace. Yeah. I just I sent running, one lot right? back. <laughs> got the new lot. I was like, oh, <laughs> we've just done an invoice and left my my Google view here. But yeah. And that's interesting because I yeah. um I'm a Google fan. Like there's no I wouldn't have left Google for for from anywhere that wasn't still either with Google or something aligned to it. It's interesting, like in most companies that are systems integrators or MSPs, they eventually create a function that is sort of, that manages all the alliances, right? And partnerships. And we finally have that and Nikki Harley, and she's doing an amazing job for the broad based set of alliances we have, which is growing, that team is growing, we're bringing some unique things to market by virtue of figuring alliances well. But the other, you know, going into like defining the role now together is that the Google Alliance itself is something that I was never going to let go. <laughs> like, it was my job, it's so fundamentally critical to the company that it is the job of the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like one part of where, you know, I talked about, and again, the Google experience and, you know, being chief of staff um, in the past for, for the, for the enterprise business, like bringing that on to the executive team, my team, the leadership team in where you get to actually uh, enhance the alliance, um, make us operate even better within the framework of the alliance, but in a way that I'm not, um, I'm not really out of the out of out of that function. But we just get to do it better together. Yeah, was was so important. So it's like at least a third of the job, right? We're defining sort of chief of staff now for the audience, but. Or chief of staff at SADA, what it means because it means different things yeah. in different places. Just in the first few weeks, I already see a very significant change in how we're able to engage with Google. And that makes me really excited. Yeah. And I feel like that's a place where um, 
you know, there's sometimes like, you know, I can speak both languages. I think that's a real benefit of having been inside Google to your point earlier. If you have brought someone else who maybe had more channel experience or more sales or something else that in the mix there, I do think that given the commitment that SADA has to Google, that is going to be a really powerful thing that we can, we can work on together for everybody's benefit. And actually, I feel like in some of the conversations I had as I was leaving Google, a lot of what I heard was like, oh, we're sad to lose you. Oh, but hey, that's going to be really good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think it is. Like, I think that was actually one of the things that I really, when I went through that process of leaving, the fact that the majority of like Google as I really respect and asked about the decision and got their take on it was like, this is like a win, win, win all around. Like we should do this. So I think that's been um Good to know there, and, and then I've also gotten to know more of the Googlers that you work with who are fabulous, uh, fabulous partners we have, like Ahmed and others on the team. So that's been great. Totally. But that's why, like, it had to be you for this role. <laughs> like, it had to be Michelle for Chief of Staff because, again, it takes so long just to understand how things operate. And it's still a fresh enough set of eyes because the perspective is completely different. And, um, you know, it just, it just makes us wiser and more aligned and better i can do a lot of things but i'm also aware enough to know that like i'm one type of instrument you know like i'm like i'm a hammer not everything's a nail <laughs> and now that i have you to you know bring different perspective and ideas and strategies like it's just i just feel i feel a lot better uh, and I think I felt better like day one when you started. I was like, oh, Michelle's here. But <laughs> even in the last like four or five weeks, I've seen the level of engagement, you just diving in and it's so natural and uh, and uh, you're, you're already like thick in the thick of it, right? Navigating yeah. some very complex things. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's been good to also start something particularly transitioning during the pandemic, like I was, you were saying before, same equipment, same, same, same space, but also like, it really does feel like a really nice continuous, like, oh, okay, I've just kind of flipped over here and okay, I'm looking at a different part of the puzzle from a different angle, but like, where can I continue to be helpful and drive things? So it's felt very natural. Yeah. And, and tomorrow will be the second time you're engaged with, uh, with this part of the company. But the first time you're probably feeling like I'm somewhat in charge now. In our journey to become very resilient as an organization, um, the way that we build and operate a board of independent board members is super critical. Not yeah. only do uh, how, how I and, and my team interface with the board, but how the board works together, how the committees function, how the board interfaces with all the executive management management team. Um, I'm really excited to to have your your partnership and help in that. Um, and we're getting ready to announce several new board members. I'm super excited about. Um, so more on that later. So the team's going to get bigger and just more completely next level. I feel like um, people we've never been surrounded by before, but. Um, what have you found to be the most interesting and challenging part of the board inter interaction and government governance piece so far? I know it's very early, but yeah, how have you found that? Yeah, it's it's pretty early, but I think um, 
Interesting. I think you have a great foundation. So I really think actually when you were talking to sometimes the way I think we were talking about, I'm like, it's actually like pretty far along here with what we're starting to build, getting to know Wendy a little bit over the last few days. Like she's fabulous. Who's our independent chairwoman. Um, And yeah, I think that's just a, it's a, it's an important part of our maturity of like, how do we bring different parts of expertise to bear to really like, you know, as you said, build that resilient sort of forever company that we're working towards. So um, it's also refreshing for me, I think, uh, that like board view, that perspective, like a slightly different perspective on the business and how do we think through that and how do we like as starter grows, make sure we're maturing and like getting that sort of like, um, and I'm going to like go way back Google time, but like Larry and Sergey used to joke about Eric Schmidt is like adult supervision. So I think it's like, it's some of that evolution of like, okay, you're getting folks, you're getting, you're getting folks who've like been there, done that, and they're going to help you figure out like, what do you need to think about and what is the next step for the next two to three years? And personally, I think I'm someone who likes to look up and out and like ahead and think through possibilities. So I'm super excited about learning from the board and like figuring out how we take their insights and then bring them back into SADA to help us grow. Part of, of, of having like a very small board is, you know, the committees can't all do all the things that we need to do. Now they're going to be able to. So I think that's going to be a, a new world for us. And, you know, we are in this unique position that we're actually self-selecting to build uh, a board of independent members who are very diverse, by the way, and I love that. Um, uh, we're getting more diverse even. And uh, when I say diversity, it's not just like men and women and, you know, other ethnicities. It's actually also like to me, like industry diversity, geography diversity. <laughs> I really love what we're building uh, from that standpoint. But we're, it's self-imposed. We don't have to do this as a private company. We're choosing to do it because we believe it's the it's the types types of things you want to do if you're if you're earnest about wanting to build a forever company. Just that opportunity to have to be challenged the right way to uh, have a sounding board, have people around you that have done the things that you're that you're going to do already a few times, right? Have scaled before have run a public company if that's what we choose, right? These these types of people are going to be just so valuable as our brain trust um, for the executive team. And yeah, we do want to, I want to be held accountable to a board as a CEO as well. So I think that's every year, I don't necessarily have the required experience to run ASADA. <laughs> that's like that much bigger than it was last year. So just having that around is, um, I think very authentic to the growth mindset that we have all throughout the company. Really, we wanted to demonstrate it from the, from the top. Um, and the other part is the third, I guess, leg of the stool. I know there's more, but the three main legs um, is, and we just went through an exercise for the f- first time in which we did it all together in as an executive team where, where you were where you were in in those sessions and. Um, that was kind of laying the groundwork of this virtual offsite where we want to make sure as SADA grows that we're not committing the very typical unforced errors <laughs> that companies tend to commit. And, and of course, there's a few of them. But one of the key ones is the way that the executive team 
and their respective functions interface with each other is hyper, hyper critical because as there's added pressure and scale and complexity, those things sometimes, if they're not nurtured, they tend to fold under pressure and all sorts of you know negative consequences that are suboptimal, you know, happen. But I'm so excited about having you as the chief of staff to be that functional and cultural glue almost amongst this amazing team. I'm excited too. I think, and it's funny because this is technically the third time I've been a chief of staff, well, not technically is. Um, and I think one of the things that I've learned over a couple of iterations of that as I grew in each of those roles, and they were for different sized businesses. The cool thing about the chief of staff is you're the one person in the room that actually doesn't like who's looking at the room. <laughs> so it's like you're the one person when we're yeah. having that offsite. And everybody else is thinking about their team or their function, their deliverables. And your job is actually to look at that team and be like, is this, how is this team doing? <laughs> Do we have the pieces we need? Right. Where is the glue really sticky or is the glue not sticky? Like, are there pieces that we're just all ignoring or avoiding or like all of that stuff? So I think that's one piece that um, I, definitely not the first time I, I didn't. I didn't appreciate it the first time I was chief of staff, but when I when we finished that role, I had several of the folks who were on that leadership team tell me like a year later, like when you came in and like facilitated us and like pushed us and like helped both grease the wheels, but also call us out sometimes. They were like, that changed the dynamic. It was hard for me to see because I didn't know what it was before I was there. Um, and that's been something I think my mix of change management, project management, I, like two of the years I spent at Google, I was planning an operations for Google's L&D team. So I got to kind of really sit in on the folks who think about leadership and, you know, at yeah. Google and how that, so I really like, again, privileged and blessed, but learned from them as well. So I feel like that's one part I feel really passionately about bringing to the team. And yeah, um, L&D is just so critical to the whole picture of things that can go wrong from an unforced error standpoint. But uh, I think it starts with literally L&D at the executive level it, and cascades, you know, all throughout the company. Right. And I was going to say, I, exactly. like, I like that. Like, yeah. 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 That exact. The like, person in the room who's looking at the room. I love mm -hmm. that. <laughs> He's actually <laughs> looking at the room. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm not worrying about what's happening, what I'm going to take away from it or what I need to put into it. And I do think it was, it was the L&D, but it was also like the, how that team functioned as a leadership team. Like Karen May, yes. who was previous VP, she like, I really will say there was a lot I, I learned and saw from her leadership team about how they showed up and how they coached other Google leaders. So, um, yeah. It takes a very type of very kind of unique type of person to be able to do this job well, but also these types of roles well. And here's how I'll frame it. And I'll let you kind of articulate of what it means to you. But one of the key success criteria for this role is for for someone to be able to direct and influence and guide things, people, and resources they don't directly control. What's your approach to that that comes, it seems to come so naturally for you, but it's so admirable for me because I don't believe in like authoritarian sort of directive in general. Like, yeah, you can ultimately tell people what to do if they report to you, but unless they 
understand the why and are excited about it, they're not going to do a good job. And for me, when I'm telling people what to do, I don't, sometimes I don't know if they're just doing it because I'm the CEO or if they're doing it because like I've, I've, I've directed them the right way. But yeah. in your role, like you don't have a bunch of direct reports yet. You have to get all these people, executives, non-executives, SADA people, Googlers to like go on this journey with you. So how do you do it? Um, I think there's a couple things that come to play. Um, I, I think I bring innately, and this is why when I, I found Google like home and I feel like SADA are similarly like home and it goes right back to where I grew up. I do the think like an owner. Like I grew up in my parents' own businesses. So I grew up going, oh, that's a problem. We, we need to fix that. So I think there's a mindset that is more we than I that's critical. Because I think if you come into that, even even if the I need to get this done because it's important, so I need you to do A for me, it gets everyone's back up. Like, like and you're starting the conversation or trying to get to the outcome with a like selfish motivation. So I think having the goal <laughs> and then I think establishing that goal or like being really clear about like, here's my goal and here's my intention um, is a really important part of that process. I'm always a fan of bringing folks along with you. She's somebody who's telling me the other day, apparently my Australian accent helps with that. I can say hard things to people that take it too badly. Uh, that's it's to me. Heard, but I don't know for all the men. Like, all the men. No, I, like, I was like, there. oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Like, I was like, g'day more often when I start a sentence and see if that changes things. Um, but I do think there's an intention of, like good mutual outcomes that I generally tend to like, Hey, how can we get, and also explicit if there was like downsides for folks and helping them through the process. I think a big part is like starting with we and painting a picture of like why, whatever it is you want to get done is important. I try to take time to listen and understand people's motivations as well. I think that's something else that mm -hmm. I think also, you know, I've played this role a few times. There's clearly attributes I have that lean into that. And there was, um, if you've ever done Strengths Finder, they have one called individualization, which is like you're able to like understand mm. what people need in a situation. And so I think that is one mm. strength I'm I'm fast to pick up. Like, hey, what do they care about? Okay, cool. How mm. do I so yeah, very yeah. much sort of almost structuring negotiation? Yeah. So. How, how do I figure out what everybody everybody in the room cares about and where is the middle ground and where is the real conflict and understanding that quickly. Doing that in an environment that's supposed to be designed to create multi-way wins to align incentives the right way. And sometimes the design's bad and you discover that too and you change the design. But again, I think if, if the design is there or the intention behind the design is there, the game is ours to do well in or not do well in. It's completely in our hands. Just having the patience and poise and the gravitas to kind of put it together in the right way so that we can overcome those whatever challenge we may be facing is is such an important part of our journey because again even in our you know conversations with Google or with customers like if you trust the intent then the journey is not to figure out who's right who's wrong but like mm -hmm. to figure out the right answer yeah you certainly enhance that for me because i often don't have the patience <laughs> like when something is super clear to me i'm like why you know and you're like and you're like hey you know this is why maybe and we'll figure it out um so that's great for me because 
I think, again, like nine out of 10 times, we're going to see things the same way, but you're going to have a different approach to solving the problem than, than my, you know, my hammer, which is like, doesn't always work. It's not the best tool all the time. Um, but it's a very special set of skills. And I think it's, um, it's super important to our alliance with Google. It's super important to how the board gels and works together and, and, and equally important in how our different departments and department leaders work together. We just essentially have to make sure we don't get in our own way. If things are going good, it's easy to just look at what's going well and not do the hard work on the other pieces that, you know, as you said, at some point they may come up to trip you up. They may not be obvious right now because, you know, you, you have growth yeah. in a growing market. So you're like, oh, we're good. We don't have to worry about that. But I think I've been really impressed like five weeks in with that. Or I think you you hold and the team holds themselves to a really high bar around that, which is super impressive. Last 20 years, Michelle, imagine we haven't had anybody to be like, except for our partners, of course, customers, that kind of market feedback. We do want to be our biggest you know, critic. We do want to hold very high standards, not because we're idealistic. We just think that all those things we want to achieve are possible. We just think that a net promoter score of 75 is doable. You know, yeah. like we just believe these things. <laughs> like we believe this kind of growth is totally doable. We believe having an Im immensely wonderful place to work where everybody loves their managers and respects their peers is totally achievable. Mm -hmm. So not doing it seems like the lazy thing. And then if you hold yourself to, to the very highest standards, then generally speaking, it'll be rare for you to disappoint a customer or disappoint your partners or each other. Look, it's, it's amazing to be recording this on, you know, Women's History Month as well. Adding an amazing female powerhouse to the executive team is another unlock. More the, more the better. And we can't uh, wait to continue this journey together. It's just so early in the first few weeks, but we already feel the impact. And I'm so happy that we get to share this initial story of this genesis, this origin story of how this all came about with our uh, Cloud and Crew audience. And with that, I'll let you take us out with any final words. Sure. Well, Tony, like, thank you for the opportunity and for the start. Like I said, it's felt natural. It's like a natural transition to a space that I'm really enjoying. I, um, I've been so impressed with the team. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for what we're going to get done together. Uh, and just a huge thank you. Awesome. Well said. Thanks for being my guest. I can't wait to see what the year and years ahead have in yeah. store for both of us and for Sal. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.